the path of the witch is so unique. The, the gift of witchcraft. I was able to see, hear, and communicate with spirits. A very personal relationship between a person and spirit. Carnal lust and some things like that. Working with different energies and spirits and communicating. Creating magic. Powerful yeah. ritual and powerful spells. She's actually sitting me in the cold. The role of the witch is to make change. Let's it be, y'all. Let's it be. People ask me, like, okay, I'm a witch, and I don't know what to do. Twenty years ago, three young friends realized they were witches. They scattered to different parts of the world, following magic and spirit. Now, they're back in their hometown to share what they've learned. Welcome to That Witch Life Podcast, your home for living as a witch in today's world. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of That Witch Life Podcast. I am joined by my two lovely co-hosts. Hillary and Courtney. Hi, did you introduce yourself for our new listeners? Everybody knows who I am. Okay, everybody knows who Kanani is. This is Kanani. This is Kanani. Who Lover of blizzards. Who thinks and no that, one else. Who, is that that is game, who I am. Is that your Game this, of Thrones name? It should be. <laughs> Mother <laughs> of blizzards. <laughs> Kanani, who believes that the whole world knows who she is rather than our set of followers that already listen. Yay! Well, it's possible. It's I mean, true. I believe in stranger things over the years. Yeah. True. Um, so we're just kind of checking in and how's everybody's last few weeks been? Uh, very interesting. Uh, my husband and I are in the process of destroying our house. Um, <laughs> this was, here's the thing. The, the gods will send you blessings in a very strange way. Um, and mm-hmm. so on Imolk, we, you know, we did our ritual, which is asking the goddess Bridget, please bless this home from, Famine and Fire, which is a traditional way to invoke her on Imolk, which is the first weekend in February, um, or the, the first the first day of February. But um, in Oregon, Bridget is also about protecting you from mold. So the next day after our ritual, we discovered we had mold crawling up the walls behind the drywall in our bathroom. So we've been demoing. And then by bringing in a team, they looked at our ceiling and said, you know, your ceilings in these two bedrooms are cracking and peeling. And there's probably lead paint up there, which you're probably breathing yeah. yeah, breathing in while you sleep. So, so that's good. So then it's like, oh, okay. Thank you, Bridget. So just hopefully she'll also send the money along. To yeah, like, you Thank you, Bridget, but also, God damn it. You know, <laughs> it's like, okay, well, that's how, that's how these things work. Yeah. But, but it's good to know. It is good to know because now I've got... Because mold can be really dangerous. Yeah, we don't have the dangerous mold, but as it still, turns out. We have the sneezy mold. Yeah, but you don't want sinus... Pre- you know, it's just no. like better to have it It's just, I just out of there. I just don't... I just, the Get living organisms behind the walls. The really dangerous mold is Literally, scary. Yeah, it is scary, scary. But fortunately, we don't have that. But I'm also going to say, which update for me... Um, so as we know, this last full moon and uh, two episodes ago, I was talking about how this was a really... Like the week of Valentine's Day was a really important time for clarifying relationships. So I felt really good about all the relationships that I know. But speaking of Game of Thrones, I'm thinking about Bronn, where he said, me and the boys rounded up all the, the known thieves. It's just the unknown thieves we have to worry about. Yeah. So I was wondering, <clears throat> let, let me go, let me do a spotlight to see, is there any one relationship in my life that I have that is not serving my best interests? It was me, wasn't it? It was. Get out. <laughs> Damn it. That's my, that's my space. I'm supposed to be the one. And so I'm leaving the podcast today. Bye y'all. I'm out. Okay. <laughs> 
Actually, You're like, I'm announcing to the world, I'm quitting. <laughs> no, no, actually, both of you were super nice to me in the days after that, not even knowing I'd done the spell. So the universe was saying, hey, those two girls, as mean as they are to you on your show, are actually on your side. <laughs> Lies. But, <laughs> but um, the next morning, someone exposed themselves as someone who is not does not have my best interests at heart. Um, for their privacy, I won't say what happened, but I went okay, uh, this is not someone I'm going to continue to have in my life. And so I told them to go away. <laughs> and Can you, are you able to tell our listeners kind of what you did? I mean, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, we did the spell work that we talked about with the, with the bowl of water, um, that, you know, you bless it and then wash your eyes just so mm-hmm. you can see. Um, I, included in the water the stone i had charged at the winter solstice because it mm. shines light on things yeah i then also um prayed the um uh from the bible the passage isaiah 47 which is about uncovering something yeah and so using those those three things together did expose someone in my life who was not supposed to be there um it, yeah it was it's like okay what do i have to do to make the list try harder <laughs> You're too lazy to do that. I know though. that's You're the problem. Lazy. I'm too lazy and I get too distracted by shiny pretty things. You're like, oh, I have to make a new friend. Oh, I want a new friend. I don't want to have to deal with someone else. That would be effort. That's how horrible. They probably don't bake me brie on demand or that's make me cupcakes bullshit. for my birthday and lend me their leopard coat when I want to look fabulous. So <laughs> on the other hand, maybe they'd be nice enough to give her that coat. <gasps> <laughs> Well, she would. She would need, she needs a, new she would need a new friend because that's not going to happen. <laughs> new people—that just sounds long. <sighs> that's been me witching it up, exposing the hidden enemies. Yay, witchcraft! Blessed be, motherfuckers. <laughs> Hillary, what about you? So I've kind of had an unfortunate <laughs> bit of time here. The first week in the in February, um, I was in a car accident. I was hit. Um, pretty hard by an uninsured, unlicensed, I'm pretty sure intoxicated motorist, um, who sent me <laughs> flying into another car, uh, no plates, like got out and get, was like, here's, I'll give you my info. I'll take care of this. I'm like, dude, there's like easily three to $4,000 worth of damage. He was like, I'm trying to do the right thing here. And I'm like, well, the right thing is to have insurance, you know, to not be <laughs> illegally driving. And also to wait for the police, which he did not. He was like, well, if the police come, they're going to arrest me. And I was like, well, you know, I'm really sorry, sir. But like you've injured two people because it sent me flying into another car. And that woman was injured. And then the police came and they were jerks. Like the guy was a total jerk, refused to file a report for me. And just the whole thing was like so ridiculous. So I've been in quite a lot of pain. I have like a lower back injury. So you know, it could have been a lot worse. I could have been way more hurt. Um, it was definitely not the best, but it could have been way worse. So I'm grateful that I'm okay and that no one else was injured. Um, and even this guy that hit me, I'm grateful that he wasn't, he didn't seem to hurt um, his car. Kind of don't give a shit about, but you know, <laughs> but um, so that's kind of been a bummer, but, um, but otherwise I think things have been okay. Um, I have some really, uh, I have a, sh- a show coming up in at the end of this month, uh, in the tw- on the 27th in Los Angeles with a cellist that I tour with, uh, Chalista. Um, and it's going to be a really incredible show. We'll, I'll, I'll post about it on, on our website, yes. but I'm getting really excited for it. We're also going to be touring Europe in October. <gasps> so I'm really excited <clears throat> to have been working with her. And, and I feel like a lot of the work that I magic work that I did 
towards the end of kind of like mid to late last year and early into this year to bring in more artistic opportunities has just exploded. Like, like I just have like all these, these things that I, opportunities that I haven't had before come up. So that's really cool. Were you doing spell work for this or did this I just did sp- I did spell work for that specifically. Uh, so I, I had set up, so I had done a prosperity spell with some candle magic and as well, I put a Rose of Jericho on my altar and specifically with the intention to bring in pro- like uh, artistic prosperity, because a lot of the stuff I was getting offered was either uninteresting or, you know, didn't really pay anything. And I also, um, I also did some clearing work because I had had some disappointing, uh, you know, artistic experiences over the last couple of years where I felt like I put effort in and they didn't really come to fruition. So I spent a lot of time doing clearing around kind of the webbing of what that was and the, the, the kind of negative energy I held around it. I think I was, uh, putting myself out there less because I was like frustrated by this experience. And it, what it meant actually was I ended up needing to do some like cutting of ties, Mm -hmm. magic and work, um, that I used some herb, an herb concoction oil into a candle. Um, and, uh, and wrote this particular person's name and kind of, uh, info on there to, it's a person that I, you know, I think it's a person that I definitely care about, but I just needed to cut that type of interaction with that person because I think it was bringing me down creatively, uh, just because I was disappointed in that interaction. So yet here I am, I'm still here. You you followed me everywhere. (laughs) It's like a fungus. Or a mold, if you will. I wonder if there's an company a company you can call in to get rid of a. That's Courtney. right, a Courtney. <laughs> like, like I've moved so, multiple times. I've lived on on different continents, and here she is. I have added. So we we have discussed in previous podcasts that I am a bona fide plant killer. <laughs> I can help you with that. They do not. So I did. So I did. I don't know how I came to this realization. Um, yeah, but did you kill a Rose of Jericho because somebody no, else Courtney did that, did. which yeah. is like, how do you holy even? balls? Even I have <laughs> mold. That. Actually, you let it mold. Oh, even yeah, I have not done wet. that. Got too wet. Yep. Um, so I actually replaced. I had a bunch of succulents that I had bought last year, and they had all died. And I had kind of had these empty planters, really cute planters that I had bought for them, just kind of cluttering up the the house. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get new succulents. I'm going to figure this out. So I went in, I bought some more. I talked to the guy and I found out I was way overwatering them. Oh yeah. They don't require very much. Water. No. So that was what I was doing. So I have replanted all those planters and put them around and they are still alive. And it's been a month and I'm very proud of myself that somehow they have lasted an entire month in my house. Oh my God. Not sure how much longer they have, but so far they're doing well. I actually put a timer on my calendar of when to water them. Of when to water them. I because otherwise, I always think, oh, I don't think I've watered them. What, what happens is I think, oh, I haven't watered them in a long time or thought about them. I should go give them water. And then I would give them water. But I was doing it like every four or five days, which seems, you know, okay, except for they need even less water than that. Yeah. And so um, so hopefully I will keep these alive. I'm, I'm excited at the prospect because I think they look cute. And I've got one in uh, everyone's room. And we've just been kind of, I've been, I have the early spring cleaning bug. And so I've just been going through stuff like a crazy person and just trying to kind of get rid of the clutter, get things ready for the new year, 
Um, everything seems to be going really well with the kids. My husband and I had a great Valentine's. We went out for dinner the night after and had a good time. And, um, I'm just, I don't know. I, I'm trying to feel really positive about the coming year. And so I'm just trying to bring as much positive energy as I can, um, stocking up on all my witchy supplies and, uh, I'm almost, I'm already, I bought, I always buy Nag Drampa in like, two boxes at a time because I go through it so fast. I'm already out. So I need to buy more and, uh, have just been kind of looking to find new uses for some of the stuff that I have. Um, but I think the other thing that's been really fun is I've started getting back into my crafting, mm. which is something I have done since high school. And by crafting, I mean like paper crafts and I used to scrapbook and make cards and do all kinds of that kind of stuff. I have, I don't even want to know how much money worth of craft supplies in my, in my closet. And so I've started breaking them out and doing stuff with my daughter and getting a lot more active in that. And it's funny because I I had told my husband previously, and I don't think he ever thought about it. And it's not something I think about, but every once in a while in life, you have these moments of clarity. I don't. Get and those. I have, <laughs> well, I have realized nope, not me. that when I am doing my best, I craft and when I'm not crafting, it's usually because I'm not happy. If you're not crafting, then it's crap. Yes. <laughs> that doesn't rhyme. To those of you who have come to our Etsy shop to buy stuff, you will see the fruits of that labor because yes. she's, she's really like I think made, that's oh, what we oh provide the spells, but Kanani actually puts oh my them God. together. They're so, so, they look so beautiful. And I, and, and I, I remember think that's her, what helped, helped spark that craftiness back in me was our spell card. It's great because I craft remember. Craft or crap. Craft or crap. We can craft or crap. I, I, <laughs> so I remember, right <laughs> uh, when she was like, oh yeah, and I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to put this on here and it'll look all pretty. And I'm going like, man, that seems like a lot of effort. And Courtney was like, just let her do it. She just loves stand it. Stand back. I love it. Stand back. Move out of the way. Hillary was like, do we need to do an intervention? Cause she's going a little nuts. I'm like, this is actually really positive. Let her do it. I love no, it. Well, because, well, then she explained to me, then Kanani explained to me how much she enjoys. Oh, it. I love it. I didn't see for me. I was like, oh my God, that just sounds like another thing on a list of a thousand things that I need to do. I love it. I love it. And, but I have, <laughs> I have, and I'd mentioned it to my husband probably like eight years ago or something. But, um, I, I do notice that in times when I'm at my best, I, I'm crafty. I do crafts. I, it's something I do and it's fun. And when kind of like, you know, with my witchcraft, when I'm not doing as well or I'm anxious or stressed or life has just been weighing me down, you pull away from those things, you know, that bring you joy and my witchcraft and also my craftiness bring me joy. So I'm very, I'm very happy that I also, so the spell cards are kind of the best of both worlds because it's my craftiness and it's my witchcraft, so it's it's doubly fabulous. So do you need me to pull a card for March now? Yes. I All right. Suppose. So I'm pulling from the Alchemical Visions Tarot. My husband loves this deck. I that got, deck is awesome. It's big and beautiful. Oh, it's it's wonderful. It's um, and uh, again, it's called the Alchemical I Visions Tarot by Ar um, Arthur Tossig. and um, seventy eight keys to unlock your subconscious mind. Um, and so this is. These that seems like a dangerous prospect. It could be. I, I Last time I did acid, I said, I'm never doing it again. I saw too much of what's in my head. Yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of muck up in there. It's scary. But anyway, it's a, um, it's full of images from the unconscious. So you've got a lot of room for interpretation. So our card for March is the King of Wands, which looks like this, like a, 
a Roman emperor kind of guy with a sun, uh, with the, with the sun, the, um, a lion's head over his head. And you've got a lot of colors of red, but also gray. And I'm taking the king of wands is typically a card of a lot of, of inspiration and creation. So I think this is a really good sign. We're getting this card at the end of winter and the beginning of spring. Yeah. That now is the time I think for anyone who's listening right now, it's a message that um, what you've been germinating, it's time to start putting it out into the plant, world. Plant those seeds, yeah. yeah and and um, and move forward with that. So also, yeah, links to where you can get this deck will be on um, on our website as that well. That is a cool deck. That's so yeah. pretty. Um, this is also a very busy time magically. Uh, we're in the middle of Mercury and retrograde. Um, so this is typically when things are tough, especially with communications. It's not generally a good time to start things, but it's a very good time to finish things. The decluttering that Kanani's talking about, seriously great. The work that Hillary's putting in for her shows, this is good. So magically speaking, if you have spells that aren't quite completed, like the half-burned candles we all have in our stash and you forget what they're for, now is the time to go ahead and finish those. So light the candle, burn it down. If you're not sure and you're nervous, something feels like I probably don't want to tap back into this energy, it's a good time to break it. So uh, one tactic is if you do have these unburned candles, you break them away from you and then you just throw them away. So that's a way to like, okay, this is over. didn't, wasn't going as I planned. Uh, so it's also, if you don't, if you have herbs that aren't labeled, um, probably maybe consider disposing them, say a prayer over them, let them know their work is done. If you don't know what they are yeah, and then put them in the compost or, or something like that. That's a good um, idea. so if you're someone who likes to collect some chaotic energy, it's a good time to carry a rock or a stone when you're out and about to absorb some of those energies. So it's not on you. So it's yeah. not on you, but it's also if you want to throw chaos at a situation. Oh, so, yeah. So if it's, 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 um, somebody who is, you know, micromanaging you or is like is standing over you. Some people don't like this kind of magic, but Hey, you guys take from it what you will. Or if there's, um, someone who's been harassing us, you know, you need to feel like you need to inject some chaos into a situation. This is the way to do it. Um, now we have a very strange full moon coming up on Monday, March 9th. So if you did any um, work clarifying your relationships uh, last month, like I did, it's a really good time to do a boost to that work because Mercury is going to come right back around on Monday the 9th. So it's going to go direct. Um, but the clarity you're probably going to get isn't going to be comfortable. Um, emotions are going to be high because it's a Scorpio moon. And, um, because the moon is opposing Neptune, there's going to be elements of gossip or other news. So things may come to light that perhaps you or others wish they wouldn't, but it's going to be helpful to clarify your relationships. Also because the moon is trying Mars, which is a good time for restoring harmony relationships. So you might find this is a good time to do some peace working, but understand it's not like peace. We're going to sit there Zen. It's that we got to get through some uncomfortable things yeah, to get in the- order to have peace. Um, the moon is also um, trying with both Jupiter and Pluto. Both are positions which are about implementing good ideas. So if you're looking to strengthen relationships, particularly with your coworkers or fellow students or creative partnerships, these are the relationships that will benefit the most. But um, because the moon is opposing the sun, it's a really good idea to write down the ideas of the things you want to do, or again, clarify who you want to do them with. But it may not be the best day to actually start them. I think a little bit closer to springtime, the spring equinox would be better because when the moon is opposing the sun, it offers hard work, but little gain. Okay. So have your plan in mind, have your, you know, your co-conspirators figured out, but you're actually starting the work later in the spring. Um, 
This is a really good time to do the honey pot spell for yourself at work. So drawing those to you who are going to be most beneficial to your creative or career endeavors. So writing your name down all with your company's name or your whatever is the line of work that you do, stick it in a jar of honey so that the people in your work environment will sweeten to you. This is a very good time for that. Is that how Versus, you're trying to get me to be nice to you? Is that what's going I on? I do that every day. But I, worked I find that... I find that the jar of honey is a super useful tool. I've used it for people who have, who I've, I just wanted to be a little nicer and also, uh, and also in work environments and it's been really useful. So I always, I always think that that's a good one. So we actually came across an article that was shared on Facebook from our friend, Matt Aaron. Mm -hmm. And it was an article about a new show coming out, a new kids cartoon on Disney so Courtney, you want to talk about that? <laughs> yeah, it's called The Owl House, and um, it, it premiered in January on the Disney Channel. And um, the Christian Perspective News Network oh um, wrote something that said, this is so beyond Cinderella, it's not even funny. Disney has come up with a new cartoon Sorry. about a teenager who, in their <laughs> own words, finds herself stuck in the demon realm and battles the forces of evil alongside a rebellious witch and a pint-sized warrior. Um, then, folks, if you think the late, this latest Owl House show is just fantasy and fun, think again. Over the years, Disney has gone farther and farther into the darkness of the spiritual world that opposes the living God, coming up with programming and characters that lead the vulnerable into the dark wor world of deception. Now, immediately upon reading this, Kanani did what any good parent would do and immediately sat her kids in front of the show and made them watch it. Yes. <laughs> the, yes. The opening remark of, if you like, the step aside Cinderella just like literally. <laughs> Kills me. So, guys, what show did we just watch? Owl House. On what channel? On Disney. On Disney. On Disney Channel. And did you guys like it? Yeah. Yeah. And what was your favorite part? Um, probably when she said, us weirdos need to stick together. When she said, us weirdos need to stick together. That was pretty cool. What was your favorite part? When she slept with a demon. When, so the king of demons in the show is a kitty cat, a cute little kitty cat that wears a skull no, over his head. No, I think he's a fox. No, he's a cat. Oh. And at the end, he curls up on her sleeping bag. It's kind of cute. Like a cat would, yeah. It's cute. I have some reservations about the fact that the witch was paired with a demon as far as one of the reasons that some yeah. non-witches are going to freak out over the show. But do you think that this show would make kids more interested in witchcraft? Probably. And it was also kind of weird when she was walking in he, and the witch was like, Oh, I have, um, like, a roommate. And then at first when he's walking in the hall, it looks like a big giant and he You think he's going to be scary? Yeah, and then he growls. And then, like, there's a huge reflection on the wall. But then when he comes out, he's just so tiny and cute. And then the girl's like, oh, you're so cute. And then picked him up and, and started snuggling him. And then Below the cat was like, what the heck? Yeah, you think the demon's going to be scary, but then he's just an adorable kitty cat that she cuddles with? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that uh, this show reminded you of the kind of witchcraft mommy does? Sort of. Because, like, you do some of the stuff she does, but you do some of the stuff she doesn't. Like, like, you do spells. I do spells, yeah. You don't have... You could buy, like, um, a, a staff, staff. I could buy a staff. But, like, it wouldn't turn into a broom. <laughs> yeah, it probably wouldn't turn into a flying broom or have a real owl on top of it. 
That would twist on. Yes, that would twist on. That's true. Do you think but that'd that would be cool? That would that would be very cool. Do you think that uh, it made witches look good or it made witches look bad? It made good. W- witches look good because she was nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she was really sweet. Yeah, I would she, say mostly sweet. She was a sweet witch. Yeah, I agree. I think that this was this was a she fun was, show. Yeah. Would you guys want to watch it again? Yeah. yeah. Definitely, yeah. I put it on series record, so we'll be, bo- we'll be watching more of it. But I definitely think that the premise of the movie is to respect each other and that it's okay to be different yeah. and embrace each other's differences. It's cool to be different. Not everyone has to fit in. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Is that what you got out of it? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're going to go. So can you guys just say, blessed be. Blessed be. So that was my kids' review of The Owl House. It is now uh, being recorded every single episode. So we've watched every (laughs) single episode. My kids love it. They think it's fantastic. I love it. I think it's fantastic. Step aside, Cinderella. (laughs) Yes, step aside. It is, it is, the fact that, I mean, I guess people will find anything to be angry about, but the fact that the entire (laughs) premise of the entire movie is to respect other people and their differences and be comfortable <laughs> being who you are and that people actively fight against this concept. It's is, evil. It's oh besides Cinderella. It's horrifying. I feel like we need to repost the picture of you and I, Courtney, and Cinderella for our listeners' pleasure. As the stepsisters. As the evil stepsisters. It's, it was, so it's a great show. So I recommend everybody watch the show. Let's make it the most popular <laughs> show on Disney. Have your children watch the show because it's an Share absolutely, with all your friends. Yeah, it's an absolutely adorable show. And that is the premise of the show is respect <laughs> other people and their differences and be who you are and be proud of who you are. So definitely. Heaven so forbid. Definitely step aside, Cinderella. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Definitely awful. Watch out, parents of the world. Oh, my God. We are super excited to welcome on our guest uh, this afternoon. Her name is Amy Blackthorne. She is the author of Blackthorne's Botanical Magic and Sacred Smoke, Clear Away Negative Energies and Purify Body, Mind, and Spirit, and has been described as an arcane horticulturalist for her lifelong work with magical plants and teaching. She incorporates her experiences in British traditional witchcraft with her horticulture studies. She has a certification in aromatherapy and is ordained through the Order of the Golden Griffin. Amy's company, Blackthorn Hoodoo Blends, creates tea-based 20-plus years working with old hoodoo herbal formulas. She lives in Delaware, and you can view her tea shop at blackthornhoodooblends.com. So, Amy, do you remember that review I wrote of Sacred Smoke where I said that you shouldn't lend this book to any of your friends because you're never going to get it back? Yes, yes, I do. I stole it. That friend, I wrote that with Panani and Mike, so I went, oh. She's never going to see it again. She's going to steal it. She's going to steal it. Also, I knew it was totally her speed and that she'd want to interview. We all want to interview you, but I knew that she would nab the lead host position on the interview. And here we are. And here we are. And I just was like, yeah, I'm not going to see it again. It's already dog-eared and marked with her note, which means I'm not getting this one back. No, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That's fantastic. Well, we've talked about... Kind of, we all have our different our different tools and things that we use, and and I've talked about in the past. My big thing is um, is candles and scents and incense and uh, 
the smelly goods. I love, you know, sage and, and incense and resins and things of that nature and candles. So it, everything about the book, you know, really spoke to me and I, I absolutely loved it. Um, one of the things we always kind of start with is we ask our guest, how did you know you were a witch or kind of how did you come across beginning to practice magic? Oh, that's fantastic. So those are, those would be two different answers. Um, I didn't know I was a witch as a, as a, as a very small person, but I did, you know, with the, my parents started sending us to the closest church that was available pretty much as soon as they could. If it was close enough for us to walk, they just, you know, we, we got up on Sunday mornings and we put our shoes on and we went, we walked while my parents were asleep. Just go do your thing. So when I concentrated really hard on a particular outcome and Christians would refer to it as prayer the thing that I needed, that I, that I wanted, that I intended would happen. And it's like, oh, this is awesome. I'm a super awesome witch. And that's, that's fantastic. Why doesn't everybody do this? And when I found right about, a, well, I was probably 11 years old. I shared a bedroom with my older sister, Holly, who was three years older than I was. She came home with her best friend, Christine, one day. And anyone who has a younger sibling can tell you, the fastest way to get them into your business is to tell them to get out. <laughs> all of us are oldest children. We all have. Yep. Yes. Um, I am smack in the middle of four girls. So there's five girls. I'm right in the middle. Oh my. So I have, so I have double duty. I, I've been the, the bratty younger sister and I've, and I've been the snotty older sister. <laughs> and, uh, so they came into the bedroom and they kicked me out. Oh, super secret. Giggle, giggle. They're, hysterical giggles draw me like a moth to a flame for the rest of the afternoon. They're secreted wing Holly's backpack and it's super serious on their end. So I've got to figure out what's in there. So that evening after everybody went to bed, I'm slithering out of my bed, like the pink Panther tippy toeing on my toes across the room to find her book bag. And I creep it open one zipper tooth at a time just to make sure I'm not making any noise and once I open her backpack and peek in, there's a copy of Scott Cunningham's Wicca Guide for Solitary Practitioner. Mm. So I sneak it back over to my bed and I curl up under the covers and I'm reading it by the light of the gas station a block down the street. Oh, that's adorable. It was 11 years old hiding under the covers with Scott Cunningham. <laughs> uh, I read it in, in like two hours. I was not only engrossed, but it had me by the face everything that I had thought, everything I had felt in the back of my soul. And I didn't know it had a name. It had a name. And so I sneak it back into her book bag and I had always been allowed to just walk down to the local library. So I spent every day going to the local library, wandering around the nonfiction section, looking for anything about this Wicca stuff. You know, you head to the one thirty threes and you see what's available in there. And my, my library was about the size of a good-sized living room. <laughs> so the only thing on um, witchcraft in that section at all was one of those old Sarah Lyndon Morrison modern witches spellbook books. There's volumes one, two, and three. And I'm thinking, okay, there, there's got to be more than two books in the world on this stuff. Uh, 
So I just started reading and consuming every bit of media I could concerning Wicca and witchcraft and, and paganism. And it wasn't until the, I was probably 16 or 17 that I started finding more and more shops, um, not necessarily in my area, but very close by. Uh, when I was 15, I decided to tell my, my mom and my stepdad. And I, I psyched myself up for hours. Oh, you know, there's going to be a screaming fit or somebody's going to kick me out. Or there's, you see these horrible stories online, you know, in the, in the very, very early nineties. Okay. So all these kids trying to figure their way around. And so I go, it's dinner time. I still light out. So it's gotta be, um, late spring. And I tell them, I, my mom's cooking dinner. She's got her hands full, so she can't hit me with something. <laughs> so I, yeah. I hear that sister. <laughs> strategic planning is important. Yes. And so I, I say, mom, I'm a witch. And she says, Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> That's nice. Have you, have you told your dad this? <laughs> no. Like lovely, honey. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm busy here. Go, go do something else. So I, so I go outside to go to the backyard and my stepdad is working in the garden. He's putting in a trellis for a clematis and he's, he's all very dramatic with his plants. I come by it honest. Um, <laughs> and so I say, dad, I'm a witch. He says, Oh, that's nice. I dated a witch in high school. How was your day? <laughs> that's adorable. <laughs> It's like I got nothing here. This you try and you're to like, and I'm really confused. You're like uh, <laughs> yeah. anticlimactic. I was about much? to say that was not what we expected, but okay. <laughs> yes, it was really the greatest thing, and I, I, even to this day, I'm sure she still thinks it's a phase, but it it, it took isn't. me a lot to come out to her and say, "Hey, this is this is what's going on." It never it never changed my mind. It never changed one step. Uh, it turns out that her best friend in the whole world was a witch the whole time and never bought, never told her, never felt comfortable telling anybody. So the minute mom told Melanie, then all of a sudden I had a witchy friend who we could go to witchy stores and we could go and find things with. So I, I was able to go and explore books and stores and shops and things in a way that I couldn't with my mom, who's just sort of tapping her foot waiting for me to be done because she thinks this is a phase. So did your, so then after you came out to your mom, her friend came out to, to your mom as well then? When my mom told Melanie, Amy's a witch, she says, oh, guess what? So am I. That's awesome. That's so great. <laughs> and so validating. Yeah, so not only, not only did that, and I'm sure that that helped also with your mom kind of not taking a turn and worrying. Because if you're someone she loves and cares about and is one of her best friends, you know, it's kind of validating that lifestyle. It kind of, I think would make it less scary for her to picture you doing it. Absolutely. And then, like you said, now you have a partner in crime. Now you've got someone to go around with and shop with and learn from. Yeah. Yeah. We could, we would, you know, I'd spend the night down there. She lived about a half an hour away. I could go and spend the night. We'd go shopping. We'd have, you know, very serious selling rituals and it was, it was the best. And mom and my stepdad could go off and have a weekend by themselves for, you know, great time. That's awesome. So just, I mean, I think you kind of, like you said, you kind of came by 
you know, your love of plants and horticulture, you know, through, through your family and through your upbringing. Um, so I guess what kind, I mean, it, it seems like a very natural bridge to go from, you know, horticulture to kind of what you talk about in sacred smoke, but what kind of made you want to write this book for people? Sacred smoke was a really neat time. So do do we'll say two ish years ago, I started working out the idea for incorporating all of the, the incenses, all of the really beautiful raw materials that I had been using in my practice in an organic way because botanical magic was originally it was going to be an encyclopedia of just aromatherapy in a magical application. But when I was writing it, I started adding more and more incense recipes because I wanted people to be able to experience not just the ritual of aromatherapy, but the ritual action of plants themselves as a whole being, I guess, in working those together, I, I realized I, I kept having to like take, I kept taking them out and like, I would want to put them in and then, Oh no, it's this aromatherapy. I'll take it back out. And there was a lot of back and forth. And finally I just decided like, this needs to be its own thing because they deserve to have a voice. Uh, the number of people who uh, come to a magical practice or, you know, intention, you know, in the new age community. Yeah. Nine out of 10 people say, Oh, sage, sage for everything. And that's, that does a real disservice, not only to that plant, but to all the other ones that are ready and waiting to develop a relationship with us. There are so many other really incredible things. I mean, there's an entire section in sacred smoke on stuff you find in your yard that is incredible to use. So I really wanted to give light to everything else that's out there. I think that's so great because I, I agree. I think a lot of what people see and hear about is sage. And I mean, sage is a beautiful herb, but it, it, it stresses that resource because there's so much, exactly so much mm -hmm. of usage, but also, I mean, there, I mean, sage was the first herb that I was also introduced to, but as I came upon other herbs to use and resins and everything, I just, it opened my mind and they all provided they provided me with even more specific means, I think, which was really great. So more focused intention. Well, it's the, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, Sage is, is Scott Cunningham's, the solitary witchcraft for solitary practitioners. It's kind of your intro to me, yes. like, but it's not the end all be all. Like it's not the only thing. It might be the thing that gets you into learning how to, you know, use sacred smoke and things like that, but then you expand, then you find new things and you learn about other things. And it's, it's not the only thing. It's, it's also the kind of popular culture thing at the moment. Right. Yeah. So it's when people are like, Oh, sage, Oh, sage, sage, sage. And it's like, actually there's a lot of other herbs out there that aren't over harvested that, that don't impact community, you know, don't impact the environment. So, um, so I have a question, Amy, what is your favorite herb to burn? That changes probably once a week. Uh, <laughs> if I if we're including resins in the category of herbs, I'll say dragon's blood because yes, it's amazing. Um, if we're thinking dried herbs, uh, probably rosemary. Yeah, when you burn rosemary, what are, what what purposes do you use it for? I love it for uh, purification above all else. It's great for protection. Um, I love it that it 
helps cement concrete knowledge. Um, when you're working in it with it in ritual, there are things you know, and there are things that you know you're sort of on the edge of your brain. But working with rosemary, it has not be- just because of the memory connotation, but because of its association with knowledge and with mercury, it has those really strong impacts to help you really cement that in your knowledge base, not just your brain, but in your readily accessible memory. Um, when we cement our memories with a scent and when we, the number of senses you can incorporate at one time, the more readily it's accessible to ourselves, to our, you know, our waking mind. There's a difference between knowing something and then knowing it in the back of your mind. And it's sort of there. Two different things. I agree the, for me, I think one of the, and kind of even before I started, I'll say accepting the fact that I was doing spells and practicing magic and things. One of my first steps into it was actually aromatherapy, which Courtney's mentioned before. I absolutely loved learning about aromatherapy and learning about different oils and how you can use them. And for me personally, everything is so interconnected with smell just everything. I love making things smell. I love making a room smell. I love, you know, wearing things that I enjoy the smell of. It just, to me, smell is so transformative to either past memories or just your, your current mood and how it impacts you. It just, to me, it's one of those, things that just kind of can take me to a whole different place. Mm -hmm. And so um, I just, I love, you know, learning about um, kind of going from the aromatherapy side of scents and essential oils and things like that, and kind of going into more of uh, the realm of incense smells and resin smells and, and things of that nature and herbs that you can burn and all that stuff. I just think it's, for me, I just, I, I can totally get all kinds of geeked out with that stuff. Cause it, to me, it's just, it's so impactful on, on a person's feelings at the moment. Yeah. Whether it's mind, body, spirit. I mean, there's so many books out there. You walk into the aromatherapy section of your, your local independent bookstore and there's an entire shelf of stuff that's labeled aromatherapy. And there might be one book that talks about the emotional component of aromatherapy, maybe uh, there was, it was so important to me to focus a lot on the, that ar- emotional impact in aromatherapy, especially because members of our community tend to be healers tend to be, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah, cl- members of the clergy, the impact of what we're doing isn't just physical. There's, there's not just, the emotional, there's so much trauma that we're dealing with that, especially when you're reaching out for your friends, your family, that unresolved trauma that keeps coming back. I mean, we need to be heading this face to face, just head on. One of the chapters that you wrote that I thought was really tremendous, you titled it hearth and home. And uh, it said, keeping your family whole in trying times. Can you kind of talk a little bit about what inspired you to write that chapter? Absolutely. When we look at the way that our families 
relate to each other currently. There's a lot of not relating happening. There's a lot of screen time that gets in the way. There's, you know, there's so much more, there's a, the availability of things to take our distraction away from the here and now are pretty prevalent, whether they're a younger family with toddlers and you don't have a minute to your own brain or it's, you know, running kids to soccer practice. There's, there's so much that happens that takes us away from who we are inside. It makes us, it makes it impossible to relate to the person sitting next to you. Um, it's gotten more popular to do, you know, device free meals and things like that to connect, but that's only, you know, we'll say half an hour to an hour a day. That's not a lot in the grand scheme of things. So in making, sh- making sure that we have the availability to connect to our children, our family, our pets, as a whole family unit is so important, but then making sure that they're safe is even harder. You know, whether your, your spouse is going to work, your, your friends are going to conferences and there's so many pieces that pull us apart. It's really important to be able to pull us back together in a healthy way. So how do you see that um, the use of smoke and magic can be an asset to that kind of work? A home is either a room or a building, but making it be the right space for everyone involved, especially now that we have, it's more prevalent to have non-traditional family units. That's great by filling it with smoke and clearing out that space. It allows us to bring in things like helpful communication and really healthy habits for our family as a unit. Uh, you've cleared out the space, you've brought in, you know, some of that light and some of the, those healthier, we'll say vibes. It gives us that minute to ground and center as a whole, not just me and my individual work. Um, you can look at your household. The things that are already on hand are ready and willing to be allies in your journey. Stuff that you have right at hand, the, bread or wine or salt you can just grab it and add it to your smoke practice and have the whole house be centered and whole and healthy you list a lot of really great um spells in here with that use uh, incense which i really really loved um, and you also, uh, talk about different plants that you can grow and that help with different things. And I like that, um, there's also a part where you kind of list different stones and you list different herbs and the, uh, helpful uses of those, um, which I thought was, was really awesome. But yeah, I really loved the, I feel like a lot of spells, have like people a lot of times will use incense while doing a spell, but the incense isn't necessarily an important part of the spell. Whereas I feel you know, it's kind of like an add on. And I feel like with yours, it's a much more central component to what's yeah, making kind of- the spell powerful. And so I really, I really enjoyed that. Um, and like I said, just the different uh, examples that you give for stuff like that. Um, what is something that kind of you do in your own home for your own practice that is something helpful that you think people would, 
you know, uh, benefit from, from starting to do themselves. When we look at books, we'll, we'll, we'll pick on Cunningham since we've been talking about it. You see layouts of altar spaces. People say, oh, yeah, you can do it however you want. It's great. This is just an idea. But in most of those books, they just make incense out to be a square on a piece of paper instead of the beautiful transformative properties that they have. I mean, there's a difference between a stick of incense that doesn't have traditional oils and it doesn't have you know, it's sort of kind of dry and dusty smelling and creating something from plants to utilize that smoke. But it shouldn't just be a, you know, a box you take off on your list. Okay. I have incense. I have a candle. I can have a ritual. Now the ability to look at it as and it, its own component, its own spell work. I mean, we, we do this, we don't do it so much with candles because it's really looked at different. We do have candles on our altar spaces, but there are entire books dedicated to using candles for magic. But the idea of incense, oh, I can I can get that at the gas station, and I just check that off the list. It gets to the point where people don't understand how powerful it can be. So in my practice at home, I really make sure that when I'm lighting my altar, when I'm, I'm setting time with deities, I actually... Uh, I try and make the incense that I'm working with right then and right there because it's what I need this moment. Uh, I look at it a lot like the way I do with tarot. The cards that are being given to me, the cards that are being shown to me are the ones that I need right this minute. I'm going to get the message that I need right now. And I look at it the same way as the incense that I make for the ritual that I'm doing. I'm reaching for the things that I do now. I'm blending these things in a way that I am because this is what I need right this minute. So I always try and blend a little bit of incense right there on the spot because it it not only connects me and reminds me that I have agency in this operation and this time and this whatever situation is, but our green allies are here for a reason. Do you have a certain form of incense that you prefer using over others? Uh, A lot of what I do is with dried plants. Uh, I have a dedicated mortar and pestle that's for it. I actually found it at Marshall's, I think. And it's it's probably a foot across, and it weighs probably 50 pounds. It just lives on the altar. It's part of of the altar setup. But it's giant, and it's heavy. You can make a ton of incense in it, and it's, it's really always going. There's always something in it. I can just add to it whatever needs to be added for whatever I'm doing at the moment, there's always some incense in there. There's always something I can reach for and have it in a moment's notice. So a question though, if we had, if you had someone who say they were um, running late to the ritual or um, they're someone that um, they don't have access to a lot of plants um, and what they do have access to is the dried stick incense at the grocery store. Do you have a process in restoring that kind of magic that you're talking about to that sort of incense, or is that even possible? Absolutely. Uh, just like we imbue just about anything we work with, the taking that stick and I'm not, you know, because, because they're easy to have on hand They're They can be really nice. There are blends. There are brands like essential essences that are pagan owned, which is fantastic. Um, hold that, hold, grab the whole package, close your eyes, center that feeling in your heart that you want it to have and push it into your hands, push it into the sticks, you know, empower them as their own magical beings, just like you would with your candles or your crystals or your, 
your your deity statues, imbue them with their own life the, the same way you would these other things and remind them that they are still natural. There's just because they may have, you know, blends associated with them. They're still made from living plants. They're still made from bamboo and pine sawdust. Just remind them that, that they are plant materials. They are natural and just remind them what they need to do. Um, it's just, um, who is it? There's a, there's a great method for, you know, they, they talk about waking up their, their ingredients. It's a similar idea, making sure that they know that they're still alive. They're still, they're still magical. They still have some spark is, is the, the first step in reminding them that they're, they're viable parts of your practice. There's also the, not just natural materials, not just waking those up. There are things like, um, Fred Soul's incense. Fred Soul is um, a brand that's out in the desert. He actually takes individual sticks and dips them in melted resin. So you're actually burning resin on a stick. It's a fantastic way. And you don't need charcoal. You don't need to babysit it the way you would a lot of other materials. It's ready and waiting for you. So you can have dragon's blood on a stick and it'll burn for an hour or two because it's so thick and it's real resin. There's no sawdust in it at all. Um, it'll burn for a good long while. You can have one, even a lot of the, my, my coven is a lot longer rituals. You can keep them going for a good amount of time. That's awesome. I haven't actually heard of resin that way. So that's, mm. re- that's really cool to know you can find stuff like that. Yeah. Fred sold, you, they sell them on, um, online. They have a great shop They're They cost about a dollar a stick. Um, but they are, they are, they are resin. You don't have to babysit it during ritual. You don't have to with the tongs and the spoon. Um, you can just put it in a regular incense burner and let it go. Um, that's what I use, um, for high festivals. It's, they're beautifully done. There's a lot of variety in their, in their flavors. What, um, do you have a, a preference yourself of how you burn resin? Uh, if I have the Fred Soul on hand, I'll use it. Um, but if I'm burning something that I made, uh, that had a really beautiful, um, pottery chalice that's got metal screening in the bottom. So it actually gets, the incense has 365 degrees worth of access uh, all around it for making sure that airflow keeps going. Uh, if I didn't have that, uh, lots of lots of new age shops sell the brass ones with the screen. Um, those are great. My only problem with those is if you're not careful, you can lose resin down into the ash catcher. Oh. Um, yes. But the making sure that I have the windproof lighter, the, the traditional just flame lighters, it still takes a while to light uh, charcoal. But the windproof lighter, it sounds like a little jet engine taking off when you light it, uh, hasn't lit in a second. I'm like perking up over here because I've literally been like trying to light something inside my hoodie, trying to get it from the wind. So like I'm a big... Yes. Uh, that big, was our, our deal when we were at the, the beach. We were year. like, we're, this is never going to light. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you have one job, Hillary. Light <laughs> the red one. Come on. Yeah, those, those little torch lighters are like, they're, the, they're really good. They're, they're the business. They really are. And I love that they're refillable. It cuts down on waste. I am, I'm all about it. And especially since who is either Zippo or Burns actually has the windproof candle lighters with that little bendable neck. So you're not trying to burn yourself and it's, it's great. It's just all around. Everyone's using their thinking caps here. Mm-hmm. 
So we actually, uh, we had a live recording for our one year, uh, podcast anniversary a few weeks back. And we had actually had someone that had typed in a question that we weren't able to see at the time. And we thought that we might direct the question to you, um, and see what insights you might be able to provide. And their question was, how do you find a mentor in very isolated areas, especially with the internet being so unpredictable? That's a, that's a great question, especially since at the end of the year, the witch's voice went away. Yeah, you know? yeah that's true. Uh, it used to be that you could just look up your state and see who was in your, in your area and available for teaching. And you just pull up your state and click on clergy or adults, and you, you could find a list of people. And it's not the same as, you know, just going and joining, you know, witchcraftgroup.com on Facebook and hoping that there's somebody available for you. Right. It's gotten, there's a lot of difficulty in just miracling one, you know, uh, in the old days they used to say, you know, just the right teacher will appear at the right time. And that's kind of hokey because you want to know right now, you don't want to know a year from now. There, it's not like you can just walk up to someone and, and order them to teach you. That has happened. It doesn't work for them. And I think too, in some areas, like it might not be safe for you to go up and approach mm-hmm. someone, you know, uh, that you think might be a witch. You might find it might, you know, might not work out well for you. Absolutely. There's always the danger of outing someone in a, in a rural area that is, that it could be physically dangerous for them. Uh, I did a, I did my first um, publication was actually at 16. I got a, a paper published in a peer reviewed journal about witchcraft holy festivals and comparing them to Christian ones. And I got death threats from people in my town who found out this was what I was doing. Um, oh God. Yeah. I was, I was in high school and I had kids try and stone me getting off the bus. Jesus. Oh my God. Wow. That's terrifying. See, that's, I mean, I, th- I think it's a reminder. I mean, that it's not for people that are in big metropolitan, metropolitan areas. It's a reminder that like not all spaces yeah, be grateful are like, safe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not everyone has the resources, open resources that, that we have in, in your bigger population centers. Yeah. Um, you might have to go to a bigger population center to find someone, you know, living in a small town. You might have to drive a little bit. You may have to travel a little bit to, to get somewhere. Finding your local witchy shop, you know, it, your local might be two hours away. Say that it may be, at least for this person's stretch of their journey, they may just not be able to have a mentor and they're going to have to just read and yeah. trial and error on their own. I was going to say maybe a good approach. So if I feel like I'm trying to put myself in that perspective, if I was somewhere where I couldn't find a person in person, um, you know, I, I think my instinct would be to find a writer or, or someone that has published works that resonate with you and use their works to guide you in, in place of their person. So some writers have multiple books, you know, this is a good example here. So it's like, maybe find a writer that has a lot of works out that really calls to you and use those works as a guide, you know, in place of a person in person. Another option that's not it's not it's not a mentor per se, but you know there are online uh, witchcraft and Wicca schools. But I think where you can internet. take 
Well, it's saying, but what they were saying is not that they didn't want to use the internet, but that it can be unpredictable. Well, her she said spotty means that they don't always have internet access. Oh, yeah. she means her ability to use the internet. Yeah, that's the challenge. Oh. That's the challenge. Then, yeah, I would agree with Hillary. You're kind of, at that point, you're looking at text, you're looking at books, things, resources you can get your hands on, um, and you might not be able to get your hands on a person. I think that's, I think Amy's suggestion is, is certainly probably not the easiest for, or even possible for everyone, but it might just be the reality that it's going to take some travel, but yeah. And if travel is not possible, it's going to be reading. And sometimes I think we put such an emphasis on finding the right mentor. It puts a lot of pressure on the person who is mentoring. Oh, yeah. Remember that as, as a student, you've got to pull from a lot of different sources and not just wait for that one person. A one person may come along who can mentor you, but they will be one piece of your witchcraft journey and not the define. It should not be the defining element. And look outside the, the traditional witchcraft shop. I mean, I was in a living in such a secluded area. There was a little shop on our main street that catered to tourists and had flags and mugs, but they happened to carry chime candles. And that was, that was, that just blew me away as a teenager to find anywhere that had chime candles, much less, you know, I didn't have to go to Walmart or Kmart or whatever to find supplies. It was right there on main street. You know, they were 10 for a dollar or something and they were the greatest thing I could have possibly thought of at that point. I mean, I thought I was utterly alone and here I find candles. So I know that I'm not alone. Definitely. So we usually, uh, we used to close out our podcast. We haven't done it in a while. I know. And we haven't done it in, in a long time. Uh, we used to close it out by doing something we called As Below, So Above. It's a play on uh, As Above, So Below. And so what we discuss is we each kind of name something that we would like to bring in to our lives. And we each name something that we would like to let go of. And we write down what we would like to let go of and we put it in our cauldron and, and we burn it later after the, after the episode. Um, so would you like to uh, do that with us? I would. Right. We'll let Courtney start so you can, you can ponder on something. Let equals make, make Courtney do something. Um, I'm going to let go of self-criticism. I've caught myself in quite a habit lately of being really hard on myself for absolutely nothing. Um, telling and I want to let that go. And I want to bring in order in my physical home because it's pretty chaotic right now with all the, <laughs> all the instruction instruction that, that has to happen very much a first world problem. I'm very thankful to have a home that I can do demo on, but I would really, really welcome the blessing of order and restoration in the home. So mo that shit. <laughs> So I have found myself caught in really like being over concerned of other people's opinions of me recently. And just like, I'm, so I'm letting go of, I can't always, not everyone is going to like me or see my value. I like you. I appreciate that. And that that's okay. It's nothing. And that, (laughs) and, and, and rather than focusing on that, I'm letting go of trying to make people that are difficult that aren't like me or, um, and, and bringing in gratitude for the huge community of support that I have. Um, and, and also, um, bringing in a please for the love of everything. Hopefully my back gets better. (laughs) 
Amy, do you want do you want to go or do you want me to go next? Your call. You go next, Kanani. Let her go. Right, I'll give I'll, her the last. I'll, word. Get, I'll give her the last. So I can think of a lot of things I want to bring in. I'm trying to think of what I want to let go of. Um, I want to let go of. It's so funny. I think back to when we first started this, and I'm in such a different place right now, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, I would I would like to continue to let go of the feeling of like I constantly need to be doing something. I still kind of have that lingering nudging feeling of, you know, it's still kind of hard to relax, even though now I have moments where I can relax, where I still feel kind of anxious and like I I should be doing something right now. And uh, I would like to bring in things coming together. I've had a lot of things that I've worked towards and that I'm working on And I would like to see some of those things finally come to fruition and manifest and see those things close. So, um, and just bring in more of, of my creative energy and my creative focus and things like that. You're up. I would like to let go of imposter syndrome. I just finished my third book. And I feel like I've gotten that under my cords, so to speak, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to start my own podcast. I'm trying to start all these really great creative projects and I'm still dealing with that. You know, am I, am I good enough? Can I do this? And I thought for a hot minute that I was the only one until I heard Neil Gaiman talking about overhearing Buzz Aldrin talk about imposter syndrome and he's and he said you know if the second man on the moon has imposter syndrome like maybe we all do maybe this is something everyone deals with and in which case i can't make a mistake because i'm i'm still new you know we're all we're all new at something at some point and i need to just let go and give it a shot otherwise i'll always be new at it because i won't have tried it again uh i would like to bring in some organization it's it's spring is coming i'm starting that spring itch to paint the entire house and rearrange all the furniture and it's still only half done (laughs) so i'd like to see my space in a more orderly way and and move forward with those projects that i keep thinking about starting without ever actually doing them so mo that so mo that that. absolutely well, thank you so much for, yeah, for joining us. And like I said, I mean, I would very much recommend um, everyone, you know, get the book Sacred Smoke by Amy Blackthorne. I actually ordered your other book, uh, Blackthorne's Botanical Magic, because I, I enjoyed this one so much. So I actually am getting your other book as well. Um, Fabulous. Courtney's going to have to order another copy of that book. That's right. Yeah, this is not going back. fine. And um, it's like you were chewing on it. I, I was going to say, happened? I'm pretty sure your dog. Oh, bit oh it my dog. Bit that, it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, is like, that's, a, that is actually a compliment, Amy, because her dog has very good taste in, in, in the, in in the books. books he eats. Yes. Yeah. So if you follow me on Instagram, we'll see my dog's book reviews. That's right. <laughs> um, I, I, I you a hint about something if you'd like. Sure. So I have just finished my third book. It is currently at the copy editor as we speak. Which means in somewhere about October, you should perhaps be looking at your pre-orders because a third book will be out. The 
last I heard, the title was Blackthorn's Botanical Brews. It is a potion. <laughs> Just saying, my birthday's in October. Just saying. <laughs> You're like, my birthday is in there. October. <laughs> I've already seen awesome. the. It looks like an old absinthe ad. It's gorgeous. You will love it. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting! Congratulations. Kanani's staring at me. He's like, birthday, birthday, birthday. birthday. I'm Kanani, sending like, my birthday vibes. You that birthday vibes. vibes. Birthday vibes. Birthday vibes. That in the Sasquatch lamp. You have a whole list of things oh, you want for your birthday. Lamp. Oh man, what? So the Sasquatch lamp. I want a Sasquatch. We're gonna we're gonna have your your book um, link and everything on our website for people to check out. I loved it. It really, it spoke to me and it gave me so many good ideas and whatnot. So I highly recommend it. And just thank you so much for being on our podcast. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Uh, If you guys, thank you guys for joining us on our podcast. If you have questions for us to answer on the show, please email us at thatwitchlifepodcast at gmail.com. If you liked us, Uh, Please rate and review us on your streaming uh, station of choice. So that way we can kind of see where people are listening to us from. And it helps us kind of uh, get some positive feedback because we all have crazy low self-esteem and we need to know that you guys actually like us. I just need attention. Mostly Courtney (laughs) needs attention. Um, And please uh, follow us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget to check out our Etsy store to see all the goodies that we have available. And have a great week, everyone. Join us on the first and third Mondays of the month for magical tools, tips, and stories about living as a witch in today's world. Find us at That Witch Life.